Alright, welcome to another episode of the Courtside Conference Podcast. As usual, it's your co-host Sam. Today I have a uh, first special guest of 2021 for the first episode of the new year. Got my guy, Hooper, um, young entrepreneur, <laughs> um, 2K streamer. About to get yes, to that sir. YouTube bad pretty soon. Yes, sir. My guy, Nick Swish. What's good, brother? What's going on, man? How y'all doing today? Everything good with y'all? Yeah, I'm straight. What's up? You, where you checking in from? Where's that? You live on West Coast, ain't it? Yeah, LA. Yeah. You live in LA. Oh, all right, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Charles, what's it like out there right now? Uh, I mean, it's cold for LA cold, but I mean, it ain't too bad. Oh, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like low 60s. <laughs> man, go ahead. That's not cold. <laughs> Freaking snowing mm. over here the past couple of days. I already know. Had to drive like down the street from work. Thought they were sliding the whole way. There. <laughs> Almost had a panic attack. <laughs> feel like you skin, man. I already oh know. Oh God, that's so done. You a Heat fan? Yep. That's, that's oh man, I've been a Heat so, fan since I was like, like five years old. I think I'm 21 now, so I'm still. <laughs> so how you in LA and become a Heat fan? Um, well, the way it started was, uh, it was the Shaq trade. You know, I was little, I, I grew up in a Laker household, you know, I love Shaq and Kobe, you know, I always will, but it just, like, when Shaq got traded, I'm like, damn, like, this is, this is weird. Like, I'm not expecting it. Like, it, it tripped me out as a little kid, and then eventually I, you know, start following D-Wade, and then I just stuck with the heat from there, so pretty much that's pretty much how I became a fan you know I've been rocking with them since like 04 so I saw the first championship when I was a little kid and, and oh, the two championships we got with the big three so that's big time for me that's all I need but I do want more championships eventually of course <laughs> I've seen us go through the mud I've seen us succeed it's it's crazy man that's, that's all dope, I though I feel like we was all in like a somewhat of a Laker household at one point yeah definitely so my two older brothers was big Kobe and Shaq guys when I was a kid. Yeah. And then my um, then one of my brothers loves D Wade to death too, so he became a Heat fan after a while. Yeah. Especially when they had um Bron. Yeah, that them big three days was different, man. I remember it was. Stand it was out no, days. it was no like it was no middle ground. Either you hated us or you loved us. It yeah, so that was fun though. I can't stand y'all. It was it was fun times though. I missed them Celtics and Heat series. I will say. Oh, and uh, that twenty twelve series still breaks my heart. That series had me so nervous, man. Plus, my grandma was a Celtics fan, so oh, I would man. be at her house. We'd be arguing during the games, like, oh. my Goodness, this that's <laughs> hell, man. Nah, granny. Yeah, man, it's granny bringing the smoke over hoops. Man, I'm like, <laughs> bro, like I know you love the Celtics. She loved them since Bird and them. I'm like, oh god, now they good again. So I know she gonna be on top of the world. And then when they beat the Lakers in 08, that just that just made it worse. Like, I'm like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> I already know what's going on. Oh man, what was some of LeBron years like as a fan? Though? Like, how fun was that for you? Um, for me, like, I I had kind of a like a rocky type of fandom with LeBron because you know as a kid I didn't like when people was you know over like, without rings. I'm like, Brian, you ain't got no chips, bro. Like Wade and Kobe <laughs> had chips already, so I was big on that. But other than that, you know, Brian, them four years was funny. You know, I grew, I grew to appreciate him, you know, over the time that he got here, especially his second year, you know what I'm saying? And 
I felt like, you know, the time that we had with him, it was great, but, but I really do wish it could have, you know, went past 2014. But I understand why he went home. I hated it at the time because I'm like, why are you going back to Dan Gilbert? But I understand it in retrospect. I mean, I can't be too mad at it. We had a good four years. We got two chips out of it. But That's cool. The 2013 season one for the books too. Yeah, 2013 was that was a roller coaster at first. I'm like, okay, are we gonna be able to do this again? And then next thing you know, we come out even better. And That's... you know that 27 game winning streak. I, something told me when the Bulls, the day the Bulls ended, it something told me we was gonna lose that game too. I'm like, it's gonna be. Them, <laughs> I was so happy that with the Bulls. Oh my god, I was sick, man. I'm like, bro, it's it's gonna be the Bulls. I can see it because they they was the only team that you know really played hard nosed against us to the point where it's like, damn, if we struggling on offense, there's nothing we could do about it. And Braun plays solid, but it's like it's only so much he can do against that kind of a team. You know, we was definitely getting the scuffles. It was him and Jimmy going <laughs> at it. Like, I'm like, bro, this is too damn much. Like, I'm, I'm not even surprised that we lost, man. I couldn't even be mad. Everybody at school the next day was like, oh, y'all streaking. I'm like, man, hey, no. ship, I don't care. It's okay. Oh, I was definitely in school hyped the next day. Finally, y'all. <laughs> Finally able to slam that. I already know, man. Oh, man. I was sitting, I used to come home and just like watch them play. You'd be like, all right. They'd be down like maybe five or six points. So I was like, all right, they got a chance. Yeah. Like 30 minutes later, they'd be up like 15. I just turned the TV off. Like, yeah, you know, just, just forget it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm done. Done. I don't even want to watch no more. <laughs> that's like, I ain't even watch no more basketball for I'm done with this. <laughs> like, I'm cool for the day. That's that's all I need to see. I, oh, I see what's going on. Oh my god. Oh. You um you a UK fan too, right? Yeah, I do like Kentucky, yeah. Cause so. you know, most of my favorite players in the league have come from Kentucky. You know, I, I you know, I love Bam. Bam is my guy. And I'm also, you know, I'm big on players that, you know, when they come from Kentucky, I just look at them kind of I'm not going to say higher up, but kind of like that. So with Bam and, you know, D Fox, you know, those, those are two of my favorite players yeah. from the 17 draft. Those two and Lonzo and Tatum eventually. But I'm just thinking, I'm like, guys that, you know, come from UK, they tend to, you know, be on the right trajectory in their careers. And mm-hmm. you see what Bam and D Fox are doing right now. So you know, they're playing phenomenal <laughs> basketball. I just need them to continue to grow they still young you know they both only 23 years old so uk that's the, that's the program man the that's program. what i have to say about yes, them sir. Yeah. wearing your shirt right here too i appreciate it man shop switch your mode <laughs> <laughs> and when y'all drafted bam i know you was hype so i was hype oh, when y'all yeah. got him <laughs> i was because at first i was like okay i want john collins because i knew more about john collins but then when they said we got bam i was like oh I, I like bam though i like bam <laughs> Like I'm not, I'm not keeping on it. As long as you know we can take him from being the raw talent that he was into being something better, I believed in our developments. You know, training staff to do that, and that's exactly what we're seeing right now because he's averaging like twenty and nine a night. So I know that's he's cool. only getting better from here. I saw him being this good. I didn't think he would be this good like this early yeah. on. Yeah, so I was yeah. watching him at UK. He was like the third best player on yeah. the team to like maybe late season, he really started, like, getting it. And I was like, nah, he might have something here. Yeah. He um, got drafted and fell to y'all. I said, oh, they got the one. Yeah, exactly. And it so was they like, got a boy. the thing with that season, you know, I remember how it ended and how, you know, him and De'Aaron Fox was crying and all that. I was sick. I'm just like, <laughs> like, I know these two going to be good in the league, but I didn't want their season to end like that. But I, oh, I knew – 
like I knew that you know D Fox and Bam would prosper in the league just because you know they had not just because they're young, but they just have the talent. You know, they have the work ethic on top of it. And you know, you look at somebody like Malik Monk. Like I thought Malik Monk was gonna be a lot better than he was, although he killed us yesterday. But <laughs> Malik Monk is still he's not a terrible player. Like he he just didn't. He didn't pan out to what people thought he was going to be. No. I also think that's part of, you know, his situation. It's not entirely on him. So, I mean, if he ends up leaving the Hornets someday, he could blossom somewhere else. You know, he, could, somewhere. Play, he could shoot. You know, that's somebody that can – he can play the game. It's just a matter of situation sometimes. Exactly. He mad at athletic too. So, you need yeah. that today, Eric, too. He can shoot, yeah. run the floor well. He get up there, too, for real. Exactly. He just, like – he just undersized a little bit. Yeah, that's, like, that's what, one of his six, main. Two, six, three? I think so. I think he's like yeah. six three. And at the two guard nowadays, like you kinda can get away with a bit in the long run it kinda hurts. Yeah. Kinda he'd be a nice he'd be a nice six man spot up shooter. Yeah, like a, exactly. he'd go talk to Lou Well or something one day, bro. Yeah, I would take him right now. <laughs> I, I want him in, I want him in all season to sit in the corner and just yeah. knock him and just launch him. I I'll take him right now. I'm I'm not even playing. Not even because of yesterday. I just I just like the fact that, you know, he's a three-level score type dude. So, I, yeah. I can live with one of those. Definitely, definitely. So, when your band made the leaf last season, what did you think? Man, it was so fun <laughs> to watch because it's like, bro, I knew he had this in him. But I didn't think it was, like you said, I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. And, you know, seeing him just blossom like that, the, you know, the way the offense is being played, like, yeah. He still has, you know, the tendency to not be aggressive enough sometimes. But I think over time, he's going to get used to that. He's going to get used to, you know, being a focal point because he knows how good he is. It's just a matter of, you know, he has to show it. And when he does, it's like there's not much you can do about him. Like we saw what he did this year against the Nets that first game. It's like, bro, you can do that almost every single night. You just have to believe you can do it. And, you know, last year, even before the bubble, he was showing me flashes of, you know, being able to do stuff like that. So I believe in him to – it's just a matter of confidence, you know, schemes with Coach Spo, everything like that. I believe that he's willing to take himself to that next level. He just has Absolutely. to. That man is flat out, like, dominant when he wanted to be, too. Exactly. Like you said, he has, like, the passive stretches. Like, during our playoff series whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that last game, like in particular, but it was like every game really. But that last yeah. game, I feel like we had that joint. Yeah. And then like y'all stole momentum, but then he made like a couple like buckets and flight. He was in the tough five minutes, which is he was driving to the basket. Everything, man. That's what I've been talking about with him. It's like, bro, you have the ability to you know dominate and take over a game. It's just a matter of. You have to tell yourself you can do that all the time. Like, you're not going to get 40 every game, and that's okay. We don't need you to do that. But we need you to, you know, at least believe in the fact that you can go get it or at least try to. Like, Bam, I feel like at his peak powers, Bam can average probably 23 and 11 a night with five dimes, at least. And and it's on top of that, it's coming with elite defense. So he can do it. It's just he has to apply himself to be able to do that nightly. And I believe there's going to come a point where he does because, you, like you were saying about game six, we saw him flip the switch. You know, he basically won us that game and eventually that series. So I just feel like he needs to believe in himself to be able to do that on a constant basis. And there's nothing that will be able to stop him, really. Absolutely. 
I feel like he kind of passed her because he's not used to being like the since probably since like high school. Yeah. The last like up until last season, like, I was like Kyle's like the last three years or so. He wasn't used to being the number one guy. Like we said, yeah. the new tail was Fox and Monkey in front of him. Mm-hmm. Then he got to Miami, had to like be the role player a little bit. Then Jimmy yeah. came in last year. It's like, bro, you got to yeah. like ramp that up. And, you know, Jimmy's exactly. the type of guy, he's going to push anybody that he, you know, truly believes in. Yeah. And, you know, he sees that in Bam. He sees some stuff that Jimmy sees Bam doesn't even see. And when he finally sees it one day, that's that's when the problem is going to come for the rest uh, of it. Because it's like, like, what are you supposed um, to do about that? Like that one interview, y'all, uh, I think like the post interview, like right before All-Star break last year, mm-hmm. or before they announced All-Star, um, st- a reserve, I think, hey, it's like, Jimmy, how you feel doing it without no second star? And he was like, what you mean? What is Bam? Yeah, it's like, what are you talking Like, we got Bam right here. Exactly. And- it's like, from that point, when you were like, when they started, like, really putting that confidence, and that's when he took off, like, the mm-hmm. uh, rest of the season, the playoffs. Yeah, because, you know, it's a matter of, with NBA players, you know, you need people in your ear telling you to be confident, believe in your abilities. You do need that. And then there's some players that, you know, naturally have that. Like, you look at somebody like LaMelo Ball. He has the natural confidence yeah. that he's going to be the best player on the floor, whether he is or not. But Bam has confidence. It's just a matter of he has to consistently keep it. And he has to consistently believe that, you know what, I'm I'm ultra talented. I got this mid-range going for myself. I can get to the basket almost whenever I want. I can take bigs off the dribble because I'm faster than them. Like, he can do that nightly. And uh-huh. it's just... He, I think he's going to come into his own to the point where, you know, he's more or less kind of like our number one option type guy if we don't trade for anybody else. But yeah, I think he can do it. And he got his money already, too. So it's yeah. only up from him. Yeah, exactly. He got, and, the, um, he got the full five years with no option, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's like, it's like, bro, Bam is the type where, you know, some players, they get paid and they don't want to get better. Bam isn't one of those guys where, you know, I got my money now, what I need better for it like it's it's no point he's one of those guys he wants to constantly get better and no, no, that boy dog he, he don't get yeah. yeah he shows it you know not just on a nightly basis he just shows it you know his worth ethic you know how he talks about himself during the game like he gets so disappointed when he has you know a passive game or when the heat lose and then he comes back the next game dominating like that that kind of attitude is something you need you know when you have those capabilities as a basketball player Definitely, definitely. Let's get on to the rest of the season. So, as usual, the big news to the, the Brooklyn Nets right now. Yeah. You think of the bit, what you think of the bit three and the rest of the team so far? The Nets. Nets are, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll say this. This is one of the best offensive teams I've ever seen in my life. But at the same Easy. time, it don't matter if you're giving up almost the same amount of points every game, man. People was, you know, either laughing or killing me for saying that before even they got hard. I'm like, it don't matter if you scoring 120 at night if you're going to give up 121. Like, it's, you can't, people don't realize you're making it harder on yourselves by, you know, you scoring all this much, but you're not getting the stops. Because exactly. you got to go back and forth, back and forth. You're going to burn yourself out that way. And it seems like most of the games they be in now, it's like almost like playoff battles. And it's like, you don't want that in the season. Like you can coast a little bit, but y'all still got to get used to each other, and y'all got to establish some kind of foundation on defense. But they don't have the rim protectors for that, so yeah. yeah. And they stars ain't known for playing defense. Like Kyrie yeah. was just 
on like, a slight hard on himself a couple days there. ago. Yeah. We know Harden. Out there. Harden, <laughs> Harden play defense when he wants to. I mean, he's a great post defender, but yeah. on the perimeter, I mean, he's just going to watch you like this. If you go by. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do at that point, man? And, and KD, KD be trying. Yeah, KD at that. least gives the effort, but he shouldn't have to do as much as yeah. he does. Like, Katie, like, like, like seven feet long, so he don't naturally yeah. like be disruptive defensively. Anyway. Right, he he's gonna be some kind of presence because yeah. of just how he is. How he but is. when that show, when that show main presence, it's not a good look. Yeah, like and, then, <laughs> and then you got DJ just there. Oh my god, DJ just there collecting a check, dog. That's, that's oh man, to do. like people were saying. Uh, I think it was like two weeks ago when they first got hard, and I'm like. Y'all still gotta remember DeAndre Jordan isn't good anymore. <laughs> like DJ don't care, him. bro. <laughs> paying him ten million just to be out there. Like you give me that job if that's the case. But Damn. I don't know, man. I think that man, that man, DJ bullied on. Um, he bullied Kenny out the job. <laughs> <laughs> he bullied Jared just Allen out the team. Oh my god, man! Yeah, like Josh. if they kept. If they somehow were able to keep Jared Allen in that trade and then sent DJ instead, then they would be looking a lot better than what they are. Yeah. I would be considering them, you know, more of a favorite because Jared Allen is a good rim protector. He rebounds. He can score the ball off, you know, offensive rebounds or dump off passes. And he would be good with Harden, you know, especially because mm-hmm. Harden's a playmaker. He's a good passer. He's making DeAndre Jordan look passable on offense. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm pretty sure he could do that with Jared Allen. So, he hooping at Cleveland right now, too. Yeah, he is. He's just had, like, 23 and 18 or something like that yeah. yesterday, I think. With like I see something earlier that said they was um, looking to get rid of Drummond since he played yeah. so well, um, since he's been there. I think uh, I think they're talking about buying him out. I'm like, $28 million is a lot. Like, that's, that's a big a, buyout. You might as well try to trade him at that point. That's the, that's the Josh Smith um, joint, ain't it? Yeah, I'm like, the last couple God, years. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a huge contract to just, you know, if we're going to buy you out of this contract. It's like, yeah, right. it's not like it's 10 million. Like, 10 million, you can live with that. But you getting almost three times that. That's hard to buy out. And that's hard yeah. to, you know, that's also helping the Nets in case of. You know, if he gets bought out, he's more than likely going to go there. And you don't want to just basically give him to Brooklyn for free. That's that's stupid. But exactly. That's on Cleveland. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't say Cleveland going to Cleveland. Yeah, right. That's going to be the Cavs, man. Oh, my God. But uh, nah, Harden starting to come on after, like, them little disappointing few games he had when um, Kyrie first got back. Yeah. When yeah, he was, he, like, had, like, five points that one game. Yeah, he he's starting to figure it out. You know, they're trying to – get acclimated with each other. It's just a matter of they have to establish who's going to be the number one. And it seems yeah. like Kyrie is going to be it. But then you have <laughs> games where it seems like KD going to be the number one. It's like, okay, y'all just taking turns at this point. And then awesome. that can either go really well or it can go really bad. We saw with the Clippers last year. They didn't have no real identity established. And that's why yeah. they're losing to the Nuggets. So, I mean, we'll see. It's, I think the Nets going to at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. At least. I'm not going to hope so. The finals, but I think they at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. I just see Philly or um, Philly and what's that? In the box. There we go. Yeah. I feel those as the two teams that could really exploit them. They ain't got no size. Yeah. They, they have no interior yeah. defense. It's, it's, just what, it's just whether like 
she know Giannis and Embiid gone. They don't get there. It's just yeah. it's the it's the rest of their teams gone. Yeah. Hold their like um weight and score enough to yeah. keep pace over the course of like the series. Yeah, because you could you know you could score in the paint all you want, and that is gonna help in the long run. But if it's just Embiid scoring, it's not gonna mean much because you know if Seth Curry can't get it going. Ben Simmons isn't being productive, or if Tobias Harris not giving you his usual like twenty a night, it's it's not gonna mean much, you know. In the in hindsight, it looks like damn, and be right about the average fifty. But what do that mean if now everybody else is doing anything? Exactly, so, they're on tire and beat out all game. Yeah, you just gonna burn him out, and then you know when everybody else actually gets going, possibly then he's not gonna be as productive. So it, mm-hmm. you kind of have to have everything clicking at the same time, but. If it is, then it can get real ugly, especially with the Bucks. Like Middleton and Giannis and Drew Holiday all clicking at the same time, it could get really ugly. Exactly. It's like if you can't get stops in the playoffs, that's where it matters most. That's where defense matters the most. Like regular season is kind of like trial runs, like you testing stuff out. But playoffs, if your defense ain't up to par, you're not winning. Especially in a real slow paced grinded out game. Because yep. yep. during the playoffs, exactly. during the, even like, like even during this, win. even during this era in the playoffs, the game still slow down to like mm-hmm. a considerable extent. Mm-hmm. So the Nets can go like during regular season, run up and down the locks threes all game yeah, long, just shooting anything. Yeah, but during the play, especially them like especially that fourth quarter, them tight games where they got to really yeah. slow down, got to grind it, run out them and sets and get like five, like three, four, five stops in a row to win the yeah. game. And it's hard for Brooklyn to do that because you see. You know, we saw in the Cleveland games, it's once Cleveland went on a run, it was almost nothing they could do. Like if Brooklyn came down and missed, Cleveland go down and score, Brooklyn come down and miss again, they come down and score. Like it's it's nothing they could do at that point. And yeah, you got three elite offensive talents, but if they somehow all off, which is not likely, you're screwed. Like you're mm-hmm. you're done. There's it's nothing they could really do. Generating more defense. And it's some teams such as not gonna be scared of them either. Yeah. It's like the season go on. Like sometimes right. like they kinda you can kinda like punt a lottery team for like a couple of games in a row. Like we just saw yeah. a couple of nights on, on Sunday with um with the Wizards. That, like that Russ and, like crazy. Russ wanted that game. <laughs> Russ was not about to lose that game if he got Exactly. They like they couldn't believe it either. <laughs> yeah, like that's another thing though. Like they gave up what was it like 149 in regulation? Like yeah. that can't happen, bro. Like, yeah, you could score 146, but you giving up 149 in four quarters to the team with the worst record in the league, that's a problem. <laughs> like you can't allow that. That's that's an issue. Exactly. So, they gotta tighten up, man. They gotta tighten up. Yeah, it's a matter of, you know, buyout market, you know, if they can get the right pieces. If they could tighten their defense up, then it's gonna be hard to beat. But if they go into the playoffs looking like this, it, they're not going to be too tough to, you know, potentially beat. You know, it'll, it'll make it a little easier on teams. But teams also Definitely. got to be prepared to, you know, see Kevin Durant shooting the goddamn lights out. But, I mean, that's what you <laughs> expect. That's what you expect, oh, KD. Man, KD lost me some money a couple nights ago, too. Oh, kinda, my goodness. It's kind of beef right at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All I needed was, like, one more three, bro. <laughs> I needed oh, him to make at least three. That man made two. Man, oh, I said, come goodness. on, bro. The four court, he's in there. The four court, he's in there drawing fouls and taking me. I'm like, bro, come on. Like, can he shoot a three? I'm please. like, dog, just walk our court, step into a three. I bet. Man. 
That's why, like, in parlays, I always put at least two threes in it because I know he's going to have at least two moments where he just come down and shoot. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He had, like, 30 at that, too, but that's the, like, Joe Harris decided to hit, like, seven threes of his own, and Jeff Green had four, so it's like, of course. Yeah, it's like, I can't do that. (laughs) Teammates is doing the same thing. There's no point in me coming down and pulling. And and a couple nights before, I got screwed to John Howard. John John Collins ain't score. I need to, like, one more play for them. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And the game oh, that, um, um, what game was it? It was the it was the Nets and Hawks. You know, everybody in the Nets and Hawks game they covered. Everything was cool that game. Yeah. It came down to the Spurs and Celtics game. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Kemba turned the ball over. I was screwed because, like, bro, I I can't do anything. They're, they're not <laughs> the game. I just needed the Celtics to win the game. Tatum covered. Jalen Brown covered. Everybody covered, but they lost the game, and that just ruined the whole parlay. Oh, man, that's her. <clears throat> Timber got get together, too, man. But smart yeah. out the next couple weeks. Yeah. At least two weeks. So he, he don't have the ball, though. Martin, he should be able to at least knock down some shots yeah. on the regular. Get some kind of rhythm, at least. And if he can yeah. do that, then that helps their chances a lot more. Yeah. That's what I'm trying not to be down on it right now. As yeah. much as everybody else is. Because like, he's playing a different role. He's not really the off-ball dude anyway. Yeah. So now when you not, come back, you really don't. You kind of got used to that. Yeah, you come back, you got the two guys you was a little in front of a bit for like mm-hmm. at least like half the season last year. Now they out here getting like 30 pieces on the regular. Now you yeah. just got to kind of, and Smart just stepped up as a playmaker too, so it's like three guys you got to deal with. Right. Kind of holding the ball more to him than what he I used to. So. to that because, you know, it's not always easy for stars, people who used to having the ball to just, uh, you know, shift to playing a more off-ball type role. And, you know, even though he's still the point guard, it's just like you still kind of got to get used to, you know, Jalen and Jason getting their reps. Yeah. He can't, dribb- can go he can't dribble for like five, six seconds and work yeah. your way into a rhythm. Exactly. Like that's Jalen and Tatum dribbling for five, six seconds. Yeah, exactly. That's they the rhythm now. used to that now. And that's yeah. why Jalen is averaging like 27 a game because he's able to constantly, you know, go get his own buckets and he's still able to you know, play off ball. That's what makes Jalen, you know, so great. Yeah. He's been used as an off ball player for so long and now he's getting his on ball reps and it's working. That's what makes him it's like damn like he can do he can do both now. You know, he can play yeah. it doesn't matter. He's still gonna be a you know a productive player. So it's gonna take time for Kemba to adjust to doing that. Exactly. He don't get there. He don't get there. At least I hope so anyway. But <laughs> One thing we learned last few ain't no contract untradeable, so. Nah, nah, <laughs> that's, that's definitely the not. Yeah, it's, I ain't no thing we see if they would see if he got traded. He got traded yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah, that, his contract is huge. It's like, exactly. it's like, I know Chris Paul is an all-time great, but damn, that's a lot of money to be the, giving Chris Paul at his The age. super match at 35 and you exactly. trade it twice? Exactly. <laughs> you, you, got a, you got a solid, you know, career set out for you at that point because oh, look at Chris is like Chris is still effective Chris is still a great player but that's a lot of money <laughs> a lot of money and then on top of that he has a player option and you know Chris Paul is not about to opt out of that nah, he, especially what is he like 36 now he or not nah, he ain't leaving no money yeah, on table like, this one. like he's he's not just gonna give that up be like oh, I don't want my 41 million like I'm yeah. not gonna get that again He's he said it's oh he said the top of last season they was talking about buying him on OKC. He was like, nah. <laughs> like that ain't gonna work. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <"Y'all> tripping. <laughs> I don't know what y'all talking about. I nah, ain't getting bought out. 
I mean, took I it to him. the chin, went out there and hooped and said, mm-hmm. forget it. I don't blame him, though. I, if I was getting that much money and I was his age, I would do the same thing. I'm not, I'm, I can't opt out of that. That's too much money. Exactly. It's like, it's like 10, 15 million, and I know I can get that. Maybe he don't make that bad. Yeah, like I can I can live with that. But 41 and I opt, nah, I can't do opt it. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to be selfish. I can't do it. Oh, you got to, too. Yeah. But who else in the um in the league sticking out to you at this moment so far this season? Um, I would say, well, the way Houston is playing right now is kind of you know crazy because I thought I won't say I thought they was gonna be horrible after the Harden trade, but I didn't think they was gonna be you know surging like they are. You know, they have I think since the trade like the best defensive rating in the league, and then they're on a seven game winning streak now or six. Yeah. It's like damn, they're playing really good hoops right now. And then as far as you know, Utah is playing really good. And then in the East, nobody in the East is really sticking out to me. Nah, like, the East like, so – everybody kinda, so hit or miss for the first yeah, part right it's now. Like either everybody got hit with COVID or it's injuries uh, or it's, like, just up and down. It's, like, nobody really sticking out to me in the East right now. I mean, the Knicks are playing solid, though. I will say that. Yeah, I'm happy for Julius yeah, Randle. Yeah. Julius Randle, that's, that's been my guy since, you know, he was in college. I, I love Julius. I will Seeing him prosper right now, I'm like, damn, Julius is finally here, man. Like, it took a few years. It took him, we here, though. <laughs> it's time. It's okay. And you got, awesome. to, you got to play solid defense. So, I, I can give the Knicks that nod as far as, you know, who surprises me out of these right now. Yeah. The Hornets starting to get together um, lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's another having team. that real yeah. impact. Yeah, because I think with the Hornets, their offense is, you know, it's kind of shaky with the way Devontae Graham be shooting sometimes, but mm-hmm. they're starting to figure it out. You know, they got Hayward, you know, more or less running the show over there, and their defense isn't horrible. You know, it's no. for Hornets standards, at least. It's solid, and, you know, that's why they're able to win games. I'm still mad that they won last night because we shouldn't get that game up, but it happens. You know, sometimes no. teams take advantage of, you know, you being lazy or lackadaisical on both ends of the court, and that's what happens. So I can't be too mad about it. That's on us. Exactly. Melo got to stay in that start lineup, though. Yeah, I think so, have, too. They're going to have to pat Devontae on the back and send him yeah. to the second unit. Yeah, Devontae, he's better suited as a six-man anyway because you yeah. can't have somebody in your starting five, you know, consistently shooting, like, 32% a night. That's that's not mm-hmm. going to cut it. And you think of, you know, Terry Rozier, he could play the two off of LaMelo because LaMelo is going to play make. He's going to score. He's going to rebound. No. And Terry yeah. Rozier can go get his own buckets. Yeah, and Terry not a natural, like, point. He's not really a facilitator anyway. Yeah. So, not at like the two, that's more, that's his natural position. Yeah. So, so with Terry and then you got Gordon Hayward, you know, Gordon is, like I said, he's that, obviously, the main source of their offense, you know, scoring-wise. So, they they they're a solid team. I think they'll be a playing team as long as they keep up this flow. I think they could at least be the ninth seed and be a playing yeah. team. Make it interesting. The East could have an interesting play in for real. Yeah. Like you said, the Hornets, maybe the Knicks. Um, I think y'all probably don't squeeze and get that seven to yeah. see if that's something. I probably want to worry about the yeah. the Raptors. They come. They still in the midst of the play in right now too. Yeah, the Raptors is just weird because like. What what happened from last year? Like that, <laughs> I was just on almost on the top of the East, and then now exactly. it's just like a completely different team. Like they struggle to close out games and whatnot. Now it's 
Pascal Siakam, that spin move that ain't working no more. Like, no. Just, I don't know, man. But the Raptors, they they one of those teams that when they click, though, and they get it together on defenses, they, they'd be a tough team to knock out in, like, the playoff series. Like, if it was, like, the eighth seed or the seventh seed, they'd be tough to knock out. Yeah. You're not just finna, you know, steamroll the Raptors. They're going to make you earn that. They're going to make you earn every time. Yeah, and that's how I feel about the Heat right now. You know, I think I think we need moves to be made, but if we, for some reason, didn't make moves, I think we would still at least be a playing team. Yeah. Be like a seven seed, like you said. And but y'all issue was just that y'all just got hit with COVID, though. Yeah, and that messed us up really bad because, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say we would have won every game that we played, you know, without Jimmy and Bam, but I feel like, you know, we 20 games in, we 7-13. to 13. We had an ugly loss yesterday. We could have been. Eight and twelve, but I think if we didn't get hit with that, I said it on Twitter earlier. I think we could have been at least eleven and nine through our first twenty games because there was games yeah. that we lost because we didn't have enough. You know, we didn't have mm-hmm. enough offense after a while. You know, the, we couldn't get the proper energy going. You know, we didn't have no closer. We didn't have Jimmy out there. You know, getting to the line or getting buckets when we need him most. So it, it makes a difference. It, you see the difference when you start. I know you've seen it, you know, with Tatum being out as much as Jalen was hooping. It's it's just hard. It, yeah, it's, you just don't – especially when you play them good teams, you just don't have enough sometimes. Yeah. Like when y'all was playing Brooklyn, mm-hmm. that first game, like both games y'all was in, it really, and Bam was going like crazy. Yeah. He had his career high, but like late game, y'all just ain't have enough. Y'all couldn't yeah. – well, y'all couldn't like get a timely stop when y'all really needed. And then y'all the, couldn't get like a bucket. Yeah, in the second game, it was even worse because – it was tied up in the middle of the fourth, and then, you know, Harden start cooking, but we couldn't score. Like, yeah. if we could match bucket for bucket, if we had somebody that could at least go bucket for bucket, it makes it harder on Brooklyn. But if we can't score, it's not going to mean anything if Harden is, you know, going off for like 15, 16 straight. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's when you're on the role players to really, yeah. like, it's only so much you're going to really get from that yeah. one tonight. And when that run out, you're going to need that. Yeah, would have needed on Jimmy for that moment right there. Exactly. Because at least Jimmy, if he's not scoring, he's at least getting to the free throw line. He's going to at yeah. least do that. And, you know, when you run out of gas like that, it's like, I mean, we got to live with it. It's only so much we could have did in that moment. So yeah. that's why I wasn't really mad at them Brooklyn loss. The first one I was because it's like, damn, like, it was so many things that went wrong that if they went right, we could have got that game even more. Mm-hmm. But the second game, I'm like, we just didn't have enough. I'm, I'm not even mad about it. Yeah. I think uh, my um, thing I really like about Jimmy, like an underrated thing, I think Jimmy controls the pace of games really yeah, well. Like, better than he really gets credit for on both ends. Mm-hmm. Of the, like, Jimmy, you can throw in the ball and he can set up either on the perimeter or yeah. set up on the block and call the play exactly. and facilitate the play. That's one of his, you know, underrated abilities because Jimmy is the type where – you know, he can go get a bucket if he wants to, but he's also looking to get his team involved, and he knows how to on a, a very well, you know, level, especially to the point where, you know, it's instilling confidence in our, especially our shooters like Duncan and, you know, Tyler, once he gets going, like, Jimmy is going to keep pushing them, like, hey, keep doing what you're doing, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, people don't give him enough props to that, you know, they see Jimmy as the guy, you know, he's getting his buckets or he's getting to the free throw line, but he's a very underrated facilitator. That's one of the things I love about him. He knows how to, he knows how to slow a game down to where he can manipulate it to get his team a win. And that's a very, very, 
That's why when people like be like nitpicking his like low scoring game, mm. like I get it sometimes, but it's like other nights it's like, but they want especially when y'all win games, they be like yeah. he only had twelve, eleven, or like eight points, but it's like he only he didn't score much, but it's like he didn't really have to. Yeah, because like he can sit like Jimmy C, like you said, Bam or Tyler, Duncan going off. He's not going just yeah, insert himself in the way. He don't just feed down the ball and go make a hustle play on defense. Exactly. Go grab an extra rebound. Go run like an extra pick and roll or something. All right. And that's he what don't... I love about him. He's unselfish to the point where it's like, okay, you getting yours. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. You know, if you hooping, you hooping. I'm not finna, yeah. you know, try to meet my averages just because, you know, I don't want to look bad to people on Twitter or something like that. Like, I have 12 points and we win. We won. Like it don't matter. And if I have thirty points and we win, we won. It, that's that's the kind of player he is, and that's why you know he's my favorite player because you know even when I hoop, if I could have zero, if we won the game, we won the game. If I have thirty and we won, we won the game. That's what it comes down to, and that's yeah. you know, why I have such tremendous respect for him. And we can see he and we see he can um he can go win a game because that man had like two of the best playoff games, mm-hmm. two of the best finals games we ever saw. So. 40-point triple-double, the first one to come in and win. Like, exactly. the fact that he was the first one to do that, and he didn't make any threes that game, that's what make it even crazy. Oh, my God. That man was taking the Lakers to war, like, single-handed. That's when uh, Drogic was out, too, and Bam was, was out, had, man. like, a little lingering injury. Yeah. It was it was a tough game, but it's like, when you see somebody has the determination and the will to win, and there's nothing you can do about it, you just got to live with it. And Shout I was so happy watching that game because it's like, bro, I know we probably not gonna win this series. I expected to, you know, lose that final series because it's the Lakers. You know, it's not much we can do. But when you see somebody, you know, fighting constantly, the will to win, that's that's a tough thing to do. That's dope to see. Like, even if you're not games. a fan of that team, that's just yeah. so fun to see. It's just it's just dope to watch because, like, damn, we're seeing somebody take over this game just to at least have a fighting chance. Yeah. Just to have a fighting chance, man. That's what he did for two games. I don't know how he did it, but he managed to do it. <laughs> exactly. He gave me some moments. Like even when I see like a random role player go out here and highlight the game in his life and just like yeah. team. I even if like my team, I can't help but like just like laugh to myself about it. I'm just like just like applaud him a little bit. Like, oh, like, you, you gotta, gotta live with it. Like, do what you gotta do, man. Like if this is gonna help you in the long run, your confidence, make you a better player, whatever. Do what you gotta do. That one game to change that like player whole career from that exactly. point out too. So it could she, change their whole trajectory. Their confidence could be through the roof. That you never know. You never know what a game like that can do for something. Handful of games like that earn you that big paycheck at the end of the exactly. season too. Exactly. Keeps you in the lead the extra two yep. three years. Shoot, I ain't mad at that. Just like uh, when we had Whiteside, you know them the games where he was getting <laughs> triple doubles and blocks. It's like you don't know what that could be doing for his confidence, and we saw what it did. And I mean. He's on a minimum now, but, but he got his bag him. though. Yeah, it propelled him to a point where he got a big bag like that. And that's something that's like dream. that could really be life changing. That's why you Man. gotta respect these guys. Hey, that's the dream right there. Yeah, facts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So who your MVP um so far? At the very moment, hmm. I would say I've been saying Embiid is my MVP so far because the Sixers look good. He's been playing phenomenal, and it's kind of like I don't really see nobody ahead of him at this present moment. Now, could that change? Of course. And, you know, he, Embiid is the type where he'll start off hot, 
kind of lets off the gas a little bit and then he'll lose his case. But at this very moment, <clears throat> MVP. And B is like, he finally playing how we all wanted him to play these exactly. last couple of years. Exactly. He finally cutting out them like stupid, like long twos or three pointers. Yeah. And even if he took a jumper now, it's after he done scored like yeah. five buckets in the paint he, or he hit a couple free throws. Now he in rhythm. He yeah. don't just come down like, chucking no more. Exactly. Like we played that whatever, but he took like maybe three threes like both games. Mm-hmm. But whenever he took threes, he was either like wide open and like yeah. coming off a rhythm and setting and knocking down. It was exactly. Like, it's not forced that. anymore. It's not like he just, you know, getting the ball. Oh, let me go shoot a three. And he doesn't have yeah. Brett Brown making him do that anymore. You know, yeah. Exactly. Brett Brown kind of using him as a floor space. And it's like he could shoot, but he shouldn't be one of your floors. Mm-hmm. And now Doctor emphasized him finally playing with like what, 12 feet in pretty much yeah. most of the game? Exactly. He's mostly, you know, doing his work in the post, you know, yeah. post phase. He's getting to the middle of the paint, scoring, dunking, whatever. And it's working a lot better for him than, you know, yeah. like bef- jump shots. It's like before, I like last year, a couple of times a year, folks were seeing silly, like, try to hit a step back midi off yeah, the dribble or something, like, something dumb on, like man. that. Like, that's, you know, don't start. But. Exactly. Now he, when he is like, if he do shoot a mid, it's after he done like pivoted, turned around, yeah. the defender then gave him some space, so he just like, shoot, why not? And now he's he he comfortable. Pulling, he yeah, then he, he knocking him too. I'm pulling, yeah. It's like, if he, if he's in a constant <clears throat> rhythm where, you know, you can't help but just try to guard his jump shots the best you can. I mean, at the end of the day, he Seven, at least seven feet tall. So it's nothing exactly. you can do at the end of the day if exactly. he's making those shots. So if he gets in that rhythm, it's hard to stop him. And that's why, you know, as long as he continues to play like this, I can see him take on that MVP. They're right. definitely not going to – I hate to say it, but they're not going to get at to Giannis again. They can win no. the next 50 games. He's not going to get it again. No, until, they, until the Bucks make the play, until the Bucks make the finals, Giannis not getting yeah. the MVP. He's he not going to get that media love like he was. So we like, saw that um, we saw that with Brown back when he first um, went to Miami. Mm-hmm. He had a case for MVP, but they weren't going to give it to him without that yeah, uh, nah, trip they, to the finals. about to do that. Hell no. Nah. They ain't give Nash no more after he never gets to the finals. Yep. So he as Nash like, stopped getting, you know, all his love, you notice, like, his teams wasn't as, you know, successful. It's kind of like, if he's not getting mm-hmm. to the finals, why are we going to keep giving him even awards? Exactly. Like at least, at least get there. You know, if you don't win, you don't win. But mm-hmm. he not getting there either. Like Giannis, we saw him. We he lost to the Raptors, his first MVP. Then this past year, he lost to the Heat, second round. They're like, we're not gonna keep giving you. No, time. like we can't, we can't help you no more. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, that's how it be sometimes, man. Sometimes you know you gotta suffer at the hands of you know defeat, pretty much. Yeah, you gotta watch them regular season praise mm-hmm. accolades slip away though. Yep. Look at the bigger picture, so. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's about winning that chip. So yeah, if he wins, when the media love is gonna be way different than what it is now, for sure. Yes, exactly. I think um, I think Jokic. They saying he um, I think he probably maybe top five. I wouldn't say he. Yeah. I want to say him like a leader, but he uh, he's starting I, to. I can see it because he's. You know, Denver started off struggling, and then they start kind of getting a little rhythm together. And you know, Jokic has been playing really good. You know, he's finally yeah. finally getting himself together. You know, he wasn't playing bad, but it's like, yo, we know you better than this. Like, 
Exactly. We know what you really capable of, and now he's starting to show that, and they're winning games. So mm-hmm. I could see him, you know, getting into that top five MVP. Yeah, he up there. at least. Um, let's see. You know how they finish this year. Exactly. See, LeBron, he always gonna be up there. Yeah, Brown is like always his, gonna be in it by default because he's it's like his <laughs> this his best shooting season and yeah since Miami right now so I mean shoot like almost forty percent for three mm-hmm. if not forty percent I think he had thirty nine point something right now it could be forty but I could be wrong but uh, he knocking no joints so I ain't tell yeah he's getting to a point where it's like he's comfortable with you know shooting that high of a level because you know Bron he's not. He forces them sometimes, but he's not having to force so many threes. You know, he's mm-hmm. comfortable because he's playing off a shooter and you know guys like that. He can he can do what he has to do, and that's kind of where you know shooter comes in because it's another guy that can handle the ball. You know, Bron doesn't have to have that responsibility as much as normal, and that helps him in the long run. He gets more into a rhythm that way. So, would you say Kawhi or Paul George is the Clippers MVP so far? I had PG as their MVP at the moment, at the uh, moment like a couple weeks ago. But the way Kawhi been playing, it, it, he might have the slight edge right now. But PG is also shooting like forty six percent, so it's kind of like I don't know. I, it's hard to argue. <laughs> that, but Kawhi might have a slight edge right now. Yeah, Kawhi starting to get back on his own. Um, he's starting to get back on his defense on um, his bad yeah. too. And you can tell, like, it seems like his knee is bothering him as much as it was in the past. You know, he seems more engaged on both ends of the court. You know, he's hitting his mid-ranges. I mean, that's never going to die. You know, the Kawhi mid-range, that's lethal. That's always going to be there. post exactly. everything. And Ty Lue got them, you know, playing like a pseudo-triangle offense. So it's kind of, you know, getting everybody their reps, getting everybody in rhythm. And I like how it's going for him because – they corner three point shooting. I saw a stat. I think fifty oh. some percent from corner threes. Like, yeah, <laughs> they got Pat Bev shoot like forty percent from yeah, three over like, there. <laughs> Marcus Morris like fifty one percent from corner threes. I'm like, oh man, they. I mean, they just getting rhythm though. They getting good looks. Exactly. You know, teams not making them. You know, settle for two or make them drive to the basket. They not shutting their threes off. So they gonna keep shooting them. I mean, you're not gonna do nothing about it. They gonna keep pulling. And it's working for him, so we'll see how that next game goes today. That's gonna be oh, that's gonna be a good one right there. I already know that game gonna be fun. Oh my god, who your um? You got any first time All Stars this year on your um ballot so far? I think Jalen needs to be an All Star game. Yeah. I, I, I think I think it's almost like if you don't put Jalen Brown in the All Star game this year, you just so what are we doing here? <laughs> like, bro, he's averaging twenty seven a night. And exactly. with like what five six rebounds like that, that's good enough for all star fans. I thought he was gonna make it last year, but I I know they went with Tatum instead. Yeah, now you can't him. deny it. You can't. Uh, do um does Zach get in? I asked this question earlier. You had to leave two out: mm-hmm. a Levine, Trey, and Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather see? In? I I can only pick one of them. Yeah. As much as as much as he's been making me mad just watching him lately, you kind of got to put Trey in there out of them three. But yeah. I could see a case for Zach too because Zach, you know, the Bulls aren't actually, you know, they don't look too much like a lotto team this year. They actually look like a solid team. So I will say Trey, but I, I could see the case for Levine and Brogdon. I mean, yeah, he's on the Pacers and they got a better record and all, but it's like 
Eh, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll say Trey. I'll say Trey. Yeah, I, I think I, – I feel like it would be – I mean, Levine has his case, but it's it's kind of hard because, you know, the East – the backcourts in the East, like like I say, you got Jalen, you got Zach, you got Trey, you got a couple guys that's like – Dark Chris Middleton. Yeah, like it's a couple guys where it's like somebody going to barely get left out and it's going to piss fans off, but that's yeah. how it is. Like, you saw how – how much of a struggle it was for Dame to make it out west for the longest. Yeah. Uh, I already know somebody in the East is going to get that kind of truth. We've seen Book had to be a, um alternate last year to finally yeah, get Yeah, he out. had to be a replacement. So it's, he should have been there. Yeah, I think so too. Because Book, despite the Suns being, you know, G League level teams most of the years, it's not his fault. He's still been <laughs> like an all-star. Yeah. Brad Bell get in this year? He has to. There's no yeah. way Bradley. <laughs> the lead scorer in the lead. Like he was averaging 30 last year and didn't make it. So I'm like, okay, y'all, y'all doing too much. There's no way he's averaging 35 right now and doesn't make the All-Star. Exactly. So like you kind of have to lock that in unless he gets hurt. That's the only reason he shouldn't make it. And even then, you give him the nod and then somebody replaces him. It's uh, y'all like that, man. And Brad is so casually be dropping like, oh, it's like just forty like regular. Like that, um, the game Sunday, he just like strolled it up court the end of the yeah. um, fourth and knocked down like, that three. I think he had like twenty two in the fourth that day on Sunday. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. like, he just at, does this regularly. And he spent the first half yeah. upset, <laughs> <laughs> sitting away from the team on the bench. It was oh my goodness. It's such it a half. Like, that man like he walking. just wanted to leave. As I had to suck your head when he finally saw the game within reset, man, I was like, all right, for sure. He's like, you know, I'm actually start playing basketball now. Exactly. As soon as he did, they end up winning that game. Like, he came down, hit that first three, then they get the steal. Russ hits a three. It's like, hey, we put, we start clicking at the right time. That's It's winning time. So, that's what matters. Exactly. Exactly. I see who about West, too. Who, just, who the backcourt for the West? Stephen Dame or... I, I Stephen Luka. Yeah, I think it, you kind of have to give it to Stephen. Well, it depends what they count Luka as a forward or a guard. But I feel like it would have to be Stephen Dame. Like, that's almost like the guaranteed, you know, top two in the league, at least. And it's just like, if you count Luka as a guard, he might get more votes. But other than that, I think it's almost consensus Dame and Steph as the, you know, West backcourt. Yeah, then who else in the starting? Bron, of course. Bron, yeah. Kawhi. Kawhi probably gonna start. And then, probably AD. They yeah, they might get to AD even though he's starting slow. It's like it's still AD. It's either gonna they be know. him or Jokic. So dang, I forgot about Jokic. Man. Yeah. So any any of them three, I think it's any combination of those three. You at least gonna get LeBron in that bunch because I'm mean, yeah. LeBron. That's, that's LeBron. It'd probably be him, Kawhi, and Jokic. I probably I can see yeah. that. I I can see how, unless AD just randomly <laughs> picks up his play, I don't think he'll start over Jokic. No, AD think he can turn on and off, and that he feel like you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> like man, come on, AD. Like you way better than you know what you showing folks right now. It's, exactly. That's why I'd be so hard on him on Twitter. Like I love Anthony Davis. He's one of my top ten favorite players in the league. It's just like, bro, we know what you're capable of, and you just out here just it's like you out here getting cardio sometimes. That's, exactly. that's not the player you are, <laughs> bro. AD not really got like a bag too that I really ain't noticed till like last like last season playoffs. 
Lakers. I ain't really watched the Lakers a lot mm-hmm. like during the regular season. Like I think that Denver series, like in particular, mm-hmm. like that man really got like a real bag and yeah. hit the threes, knock like step bats, the, the midi. He got the face-up game. It's like, yeah. bro, you can do this all the time. It's just like we were saying with Bam. You can do it all the do time. All the time. <laughs> and it's so irritating. It's like, bro, you have way too much talent to be playing, you know, as passive and as regular as you exactly. do. Exactly. And, like, I be getting mad when people try to put in, like, the top five power yeah, forever. That's, that's when I have the issue. I'm like, yeah. come on. So. But there's, like, this. But it's like you watch him play when he really, really locked in. It's like mm-hmm. you get with them people, like want to get yeah. with the hype. But it's like, come on, you gotta do this. You gotta at you least gotta go, like win an MVP or something. So. Yeah, you can't, you can't take time. Off. <laughs> it seems like AD takes games uh, off more or less. Like when people, you know, have the him versus Giannis comparison. It's like, okay, you could say AD is more skilled and talented and all of that. That's cool, but you're never gonna get a game where Giannis is gonna sell you short because he didn't try. Giannis is going to sell you short because he had a bad game. He's not going to just take the game off. That's that's one difference between them, and it makes a huge difference. But people don't look at that part. It's like Giannis isn't going to have one of those games where he's like, well, I'm not going to do too much today. Like He's going to give his 110% effort every single game, and that's why he's you know a two-time MVP. There's a reason for it. He's giving you that nightly. It's not just, eh, I'm not going to play good today. I'm just going to be regular. Like even in his twenty-five minute games where it's blowouts, he might have twenty and thirteen with exactly. nines, and that's regular for him. People don't yeah, really look at that much. Exactly. Like, I say, like you say, his bad. It's not because he's not trying to show because he just he really just having a bad night. Yeah, and but that's why he needs to. Giannis, I think Giannis needs to just really get into a more post bag. Like he needs to work on his post game more. Exactly. Yeah, you know, they didn't just slide Giannis down to the five yeah. full time. Because playing him at the four, you essentially, you know, enabling him trying to be a point four. And it's not like he's mm-hmm. terrible at it, but you that's not what you need him to do. Let him play more of a point center role than a point four because he's exactly. he doesn't need to. Uh, he's throwing the ball on the block, wait for the devil. He don't kick you back out. Yeah, he's going to pass the ball. He's a very willing passer. And he's a good yeah. passer at that. So. You know, if you double Giannis on the low block, either he's going to reach right over you and dunk it or he's kicking it out to Middleton or DiVincenzo, Drew Holiday. Like, he has options. Exactly. I'd have seen Giannis get, like, smacked and still, like, being yeah, the pass back going. out to, like, Middleton yeah. for three or something. It's easy. Like, he's either going through your center or your power forward or he's throwing a dime straight to the corner because, you know, you decide to double him and somebody's wide open. Exactly. But, we know how Coach Bud is. Bud is <laughs> Bud ain't gonna change a thing. Nah, he gonna he gonna ride the ship to this um yeah. to the same. Bud is just gonna he he's not gonna make the adjustments that somebody like Giannis could you know very well benefit mm-hmm. from. But that's on him. That's on him. In your last area, something that you um a team that you watch a lot. What's wrong with the Pelicans? What's keeps, I see they get a lot of early leads, but they blow them too. So, like, what's going on there, for your opinion? Pelicans have, well, they, they have three main issues. One, they have 1990 spacing. You can't have, <laughs> you can't have somebody like Bledsoe and Adams grouped in with, you know, you got a generational score at the rim like Zion 
and then you're not giving B.I. no room to really operate. And then problem number two, they use Alonzo as a wing when he was much better with the Pelicans as a playmaker. You know, when he's pushing the pace, he's running the ball with them, throwing lobs to Zion. He made that look so easy. And then three, I think the third issue really is, you know, playing the lineups with uh, Blesso and Lonzo because they more so favor Blesso to be the playmaker. And he's not really even a good shooter off the ball. So it's like, why would you trade for Blesso when you had George Hill right there? It's just, it's kind of counterproductive. Like if you stagger, you know, minutes with Zion, you could have Lonzo as his playmaker or you could have George Hill as his playmaker. He's going to eat with either one of those two. But with Blesso, he has a mind of his own where he's going to, it's bless all time. I gotta go get my buckets. And I can't I can't really shoot that good, but I'm a shooter anyway. Like it doesn't solve anything. And that's why JJ Reddick is struggling because most of the time the lineups they have, he's like the only shooter. So it's hard to get in a rhythm that way. Yeah. When the ball not moving around a whole lot. So And the issue big. with um the issue of another issue of Blesso being like the default to a point guard. Mm-hmm. Is that when Blesso get frustrated or if he realizes that he not having it. He yeah. don't just clock out for the rest yeah. of the game. He, it's like he just mentally checks out. And, it's and like, you can't have your point that. guard of all positions yeah. mentally check it out of the game. Because Especially when you got the dude like Zion who need the point guard. Exactly. Give them the ball. You can't have Bledsoe out there just throwing the ball out of bounds every trip out court. And then you can't make Brandon Ingram in those situations play the point forward. Like he's, he's a capable passer and a playmaker, but you don't want B.I. to be your primary playmaker because – if you have Lonzo right there and your offense looked a lot smoother when he was, you know, running the show as the point guard, why are you, you know, limiting him to playing like a wing? Like, that's not his style. Lonzo's not a wing player. He's a player that, you know, when he has the ball, he's looking to set up offense, whether it's, you know, transition, it's half court. He's looking to set up offense, get Zion his easy buckets. Some of Zion's easiest buckets came off of Lonzo passes last year. And now – they're going away from that and it's not working. It's like, why would you make it more difficult on Zion when, you know, you have somebody who's a capable playmaker and a really good passer, you know, to set him up. And same thing with B.I. You know, B.I. can play more off ball with Lonzo being the playmaker, but mm-hmm. they don't want to do it for some reason. I, I don't know. And now they're looking to trade him and J.J. Reddy. It's like, look at the rest of your roster construction. How are either of these two supposed to be as productive as they normally are when you got them, you know, bunched up like it's the 90 Spurs. Like, there's nothing you can yeah. do. Yeah. And I hold my critiques to Lonzo. But the one thing, like you said, you're not going to use him in the role he's supposed to be using mm-hmm. as the ball handler, the pass. Yeah, like, Lonzo's like, not a win. Then what are you doing? It's like, maximize him. And if he doesn't play well while you're maximizing them, then that's a problem. Yeah. But and like when you were using him the wrong way and he playing bad because of the yeah. then you messing with his confidence at that Exactly. Too. You throwing him off and then in turn it's gonna make it worse for him because you know Zoe's the type of guy he feeds off of, you know, having confidence. You know, when he plays confident, he plays well. Like we just saw him have twenty seven on the Bucks the other night. And you know, when he plays at a level where, you know, he believes like, hey, I, I can actually go do this. It's like he's a, a more productive player than he isn't. And for some reason, the Pelicans don't see that. You know, I don't, I still don't understand why David Griffin not only traded for Steven Adams, but he extended him on top of that. And it's like Steven Adams is a good rebounder, but you extend him instead yeah, of going to get a stretch big or something. Like, 
why are you why are you making it harder for Zion to go get his in the paint when you know he's not a shooter? Exactly. And people try to blame Zion for that. I'm like, he was never a shooter in the first place. He's known for being a high flyer and being able to catch lobs and do what he does in the post. Like, that's not his game to be out there shooting. Like, should he develop it at some point? Sure. But he's only 20. That's not uh, that's not what we know him for. So, yeah. And if he was going to get – like you said, they could have left Steve Adams where he was uh, and deal with – um, snatch Christian Wood back for the low. Christian Wood, you had Miles Turner just dangling like a yeah arm on a fish hook <laughs> out there. I'm like, go get him, and then you make your offense so much easier. Like if the offense was, you, know, you got Lonzo, George Hill, Bi, Zion, and Miles Turner. That's a solid team, and if exactly. they can't do anything with that, then there's a problem with the players. You don't, you don't yeah. even need the bid that's fully gone. Stroke the threes. You just need him to yeah, not be in threat. the way. Like, just at least the threat of it, because yeah. Miles Turner is good at the above-the-break three. Like, if mm-hmm. you got Lonzo going to the basket, and then, you know, he can't get inside the paint, you kick it back to Miles Turner. More times than not, Miles Turner is going to hit that top of the key three. Exactly. It makes your offense so much easier because teams have to guard out there, and then it makes it easier for Brandon Ingram to get his mid-range looks, you know, get his rhythm going. But I don't know, man. The Pelicans <laughs> have a lot of issues related to, you know, just being built too old school of a team. Exactly. And the way they built don't make sense for how stands that Dundee coach either. Because mm-hmm. we saw him in Orlando. He was the first dude to really have the um, – the um bed in the middle and yeah exactly. everybody else around him a shooter yeah like, like that's the modern the like, that, like that's the modern way they play now mm-hmm. and then you build him the team from like you said 1990s like what are you it's doing like, it's like why are you setting him up with this kind of roster when you saw how productive you know it was in orlando for him like of course they don't have a dwight howard anymore you know it's hard to match a peak dwight howard but mm-hmm. you got zion you got that's somebody the that you don't get to. Yeah, like that's somebody that's, you know, he's generational to the point where he's already breaking records and he's only 40 games in. Like, I think he has exactly. like, the second most points scored in somebody's first 40 games of their career. And he's playing with some space and that looks like it's straight out of the Jordan era. Like, that's crazy to me. So imagine exactly. if he had the space. But I don't know. David Griffin is <laughs> – I don't know, man. That's a reason LeBron came back and took the reins and cleared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he knew what he was doing. Exactly, exactly. David but I, got that rep off of LeBron pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, man, for sure. In the end of your show, I, um, I do a top five segment where I ask the guests three questions, get their um, personal top fives on all three things. So you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, as usual, the Jared Hoot question. Who your five favorite players ever? My five favorite players ever. Um, first, D-Wade. You know, that's my guy. And then Cole, Shaq, KG is definitely fourth. And then fifth, I'll, I'll say Bron. Bron is probably my fifth favorite ever. All right, word, word. Are you a video game? You um, a game or you stream? You got, I see you, um, you secured the PS5. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> Give me your five favorite video games ever. Ooh. Like any any console. That's a good one. Um, well, I'm gonna say my favorite game ever is NBA Street Volume Two. That's one of the best games. Yes, ever. sir. Uh, NBA 2K11, San Andreas, 
uh, what's number four? Number four, I'm gonna say Saints Row Two. Saints Row Two, I had a lot of fun on. And then five. Damn. Uh, this is this is one to think on. Um, <laughs> probably it's underrated. It don't get enough credit, but I might say Grand Theft Auto Four because Grand Theft Auto Four was. Grand Theft Auto Four was a fun one. That was a good game. We don't forgot about Fortress Five in here for like ten years, bro. Oh my God, they never gonna <laughs> let that game die, man. And I don't blame no. because it's making money, but golly, it's like it's literally oh, almost bro. a decade now. So, bro, I was a senior in high school when that joint came out. So I, I remember, just started high school, bro. So like, I, remember I was at a football game. Me and the homies was like hype about it finally being here. Yeah. <laughs> that was like twenty thirteen. Like twenty thirteen, I was starting my freshman year, and I'm like. Okay, GTA Five, like it's finally here. I'm I'm happy as hell because I got something to play other than you know, yeah. sports games like Madden 2K, and to see like I'm almost four years removed from high school and it's still <laughs> a top game. I'm like, God damn, man! <laughs> like, I we never getting a six. It seems I like. checked the I like the all time sales. I joined is the second highest selling yep. game ever. So I, was, I see what. I see why they're not making another one. Yeah, I'm like, I can't blame y'all. Y'all give me a bread, you know, do what you got to do. But it's just like, damn, I want a six game already. But and, uh, they probably don't have an update by the time this on, by the time this podcast uploads. Exactly. You know, <laughs> man, they gonna have a brand new heist, you know, clothes. Like, damn, we was just talking about it. Like, <laughs> it up. Oh my god! And last one, let me get your five favorite rappers ever. Five favorite rappers: uh, Fifty Cent, Kendrick. DMX, um, who's fourth? This is where, like, those are my solidified top three, but the fourth and fifth is where it get difficult. Um, four, I'll say Cube, and then fifth. <sighs> Damn. Fifth, I, it's either Andre 3000 or I'll say Big Boy. It's out of them two. I, I can't really pick between them. But that's right, my top five. Yes. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's mom's checking in. She don't tell what she want about five minutes or so. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you so said Big Bob said you West Coast. I know you grew up here in a bunch of Cube and Jerry and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I, I think with me, you know, I, I listen to music, you know. It don't matter if it's West Coast or not, but those are yeah. five because you know, 50 Cent, I love 50 Cent since I was a kid, and he's from New York. I've loved 50 Cent since I was like six years old, and I still love him to this day, even though he don't make music. So I, I can't say anybody is above him. And yeah. Kendrick seemed like he damn near disappeared off the face of the earth. I still love K-Dot. So that's still my boy. It's just like, damn, when we get another album, dog. Like, <laughs> uh, um, good kid or uh, Pimp a Butterfly. To Pimp Butterfly is my favorite, but Good Kid, I, I see why it gets more regarded as the you know the classic out of the two. But To Pimp yeah. Butterfly is my favorite Kendrick project. Butterfly is the one. I, I didn't get it at first until I really got bored and just like yeah, sat yeah. down and listened like, to when one. You I actually like, listen to what he's saying, you know, some of the stuff he's talking about, yeah. like, talking about his depression and stuff he's going through. Exactly. It's like, that was a really good album. You know, the sound of it was good, but people on Twitter, you know, they always going to bash it just because. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Call it boring and yeah, it's like, laugh at well, some of the skits and stuff on yeah. there. Like, come on. Like, if you don't understand it, that's on you, man. It's, it's not for you then, if that's the point. Like, that's exactly. the case, but 
That's how it is with music. Music, music mm-hmm. is very subjective. If it's for you, yeah. it's not <laughs> so be it. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Hopefully, he drop an album at Man, some point. <laughs> something, something, something this year. Hopefully, but hopefully. Kendrick's so quiet. He's like Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> oh my god. And my last question, not a top five, but before we let you go, tell me mm-hmm. about the brand, Swisher Mo. How did that uh, come about? Well, started because um, randomly on Twitter one day I decided to change my at and I was trying to think, I'm like, what's something creative? So I just did Swisher Mo, kind of like sicko mode. And then my family, you know, my mom, she has a brand that she's been, I think she's had it for coming up on 11 or 11 years now. So, you know, we started branching out in the clothing again because she was doing it already. So we started getting it together and then I was trying to think, I'm like, what's something that, you know, represents me that could stick? You know, we kind of have our own lines of clothing in the same brand. And I came up with the little SM logo and then it just, I'm like, damn, this is actually, you know, stuck with me. And, you know, pretty much from there, I just, I've been rocking with it. You know, I put it on some of my mom's brand shirts and then I came up with my own site, you know, kind of trying to see if people want to see any specific designs or anything. Like, kind of like the UK one that you got on. So I'm like, I just want to, I kind of wanted to just give people a chance to, you know, really know a little bit more about me and what I'm about. You know, social mode is a, some more of a mindset type thing. You know, social mode is like invincibility. You feel invincible. You, know? you feel yeah. like you can accomplish anything. You know, when, you know, when I quote unquote go into social mode, I feel like I'm, unstoppable like nothing can stop me from achieving my goals whether it's you know in life basketball whatever and you know that's what it means to me you know it's very important to me because it's something I just want to you know branch out and grow over time whether it's just a brand or it's just you know the phrase whatever I just wanted to take off at some point in my life that's dope though Appreciate it. you say you started what a couple years ago uh well her brand has been around for over a decade but swisho mode like i came up with that like about two years ago and then turned it into the whole little branding thing about a year and a half ago so. uh, and your um your job on 2k is nick swish too yeah yep yeah. i came up with the nick swish name funny enough not too long before we were just talking about gta i came up with that right before <laughs> gta came out because it started because of some Nike ID shoes. I was trying to figure out, I'm like, what the hell can I put on the tongue? And I put Nick. And I'm like, what? What can go second though? Like, I I don't know. And then I said, I'm just, you know, I, I'm hooping in these. I'm putting Nick Swish. And Nick Swish has been my nickname ever since. So, oh, that's what it from then. It's been almost ten years. <laughs> People no. really be thinking that's my name. I'm like, bro, my last name is. People <laughs> 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 really be thinking that's my name, and it's so funny, but. Like, man, you can call me that, but that's definitely not my that's, that's dope. That you found something that really stick your work for you. So yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. I keep grinding, though. Appreciate it, man. I will so how, how many um How many subscribers you up to right now? Uh, at on your moment, own YouTube? I think I'm at 1.58 thousand right now. So I'm, I'm about to get back to, you know, uploading consistently. I'm supposed to upload either sometime today or tomorrow. So once I get that video going and then get that series started, then you know, I, I hope the you know the trajectory keeps going up. So that's so you um you monetize yet or are you still on the way? Yeah, I, I got I finally got my monetization right, that's right. about a few weeks ago. So oh, yeah, I'm here. I got I got the ads on my videos and whatnot. That's Y'all just, what's... 
want to. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to get to that point because I'm like, you know what? Once I get here, it's only up, and I have to keep at it. I can't just, you know, settle with, you know, getting an ad or two on my video and be happy with it. I gotta keep getting to the point where it's gonna generate real revenue because it's something I really like doing. And That's where the money is too online. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like people said, don't realize a lot of these YouTubers living off of this. You know, like Chris Smooth, for example. Chris Smooth has life made. But he could upload a video saying hi and he'll get like 500,000. That's, that's what I'm saying. Bro, I say all the time, if I knew how like popular just like video game, like culture mm. and streaming stuff would be when I was like a kid or whatever. Exactly. My I parents used to be it. mad because I was in the house like playing games all day long. <laughs> Like, man, I would have even harder. <laughs> man, if I knew it was going to take off like this, I would have been doing it. But, uh, ain't a, yeah, it's just a matter of So I said, um, the new generation, mm -hmm. like kids that's in like middle school, high school now, and yeah. like when it's, when they get like 19, 20, they're not going to really look at college yeah. as like the necessity because they don't have already been on the internet for like 10 years so at that point, yeah. knowing yeah. how it works. And they're going to be like straight to the money that way if yeah. they're smart enough. Yep. They gonna take advantage of, you know, the society we live in. Like exactly. you know, gaming the gaming community is pretty much solidified as, as something that's gonna be here probably for the rest of our lives. And it's always gonna be profitable because, you know, people enjoy watching people play video mm -hmm. games or their streams or videos. So that's what keeps me going. You know, when people tell me, Oh, I enjoy your videos or this is a good video, like keep it up. Like that's what keeps me going. And I can yeah, like, imagine the bigger YouTubers and streamers. That's actually my like um my nephew or he like he just turned seven. He liked to be on YouTube and watch the um like the Fortnite videos and stuff. Like yeah. the dude like streamers playing Fortnite. Mm. So yeah, it's a real marketing that joint, bro. So yeah. salute to you, salute to everybody else doing the thing. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so yeah, so we appreciate. I appreciate you um coming on, bro. You're welcome back anytime. No problem. I, hey, whenever you need me, I I'll come back to the podcast. I love doing podcasts. Yes, sir. That's what's up. I'll get you on mine too. I'm a, I'm probably gonna start my podcast up uh with sometime this month. I'm gonna try to get it going again. So I'll have you on. Be down for it. So. I'm always out, man. I'm always down to toss some hoops. Appreciate it, man. Sir, so, all right, brother. All right, bro. You have a good one. No, I appreciate it.